With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour one. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you. As always, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can get the link to all the interviews of the gathering, the podcast, the show notes, you name it. It's all right there. Text Eric to 33777. We have to begin in Hawaii. To begin in Hawaii, we need to go back two years. This week, two years ago, Americans were fleeing Afghanistan. In the scramble to get out of Afghanistan, men, Afghan refugees trying to flee the Taliban, they tried to climb aboard planes, climb aboard the wheel wells, climb into the wheel wells. They were falling from the sky to their deaths as the planes evacuated. 13 American soldiers, the first American soldiers to die in Afghanistan in several years, died there at the gates by the airport. It was a disaster. It was a mess. It is important to understand why no American has been fired for bungling that. And you need to understand why. The reason not a single American diplomat, member of the military, or advisor to the president was fired because of how we bungled the evacuation of Afghanistan is because all of them advised against it. It was Joe Biden himself who decided to do it. All of his advisors in the State Department in the Defense Department, in the White House, and on the ground in Afghanistan told him not to do it this way. He insisted that it be done that way. 13 Americans died. We left behind people trying to flee, and people fell out of the sky clinging to airplanes trying to escape because of Joe Biden. And to this day, he says it was a perfect withdrawal. Had Donald Trump done the same, the media would have shot him on Fifth Avenue and dared anyone to do anything about it. But because it was Joe Biden, the media covered for him, placated him, lied on his behalf, and otherwise turned their back to the disaster so they could do cover for Joe Biden. That's what happened. And then Joe Biden, refusing to meet individually with the fallen families, collectively met with them and told them the story about how Bo Biden died in Afghanistan, and he remembers bringing home his flag drake coffin, which was a lie. It was not true. The parallels between then and now continue to grow. More than a 1,000 Americans are unaccounted for 
in the state of Hawaii and Maui on the island of Maui. More than a thousand Americans unaccounted for. Over a hundred dead. We presume many more children's bodies will be discovered. It was a disaster. Local progressive politicians refused to divert water in Maui so they could put out the fire. Locals refused to sound alarms lest people might think it was a tsunami and they ran to the mountains. But now we know actually a lot of the sirens were malfunctioning and offline and not even working. So it wouldn't have done any good anyway. And the president of the United States on a beach in Delaware said no comment. And a week or two later, the White House now springs into damage control and says, actually, it was a lip reader who said that. We're not going to say what he said to the reporters at the time, but not a single one of the reporters will come forward and tell us what he actually said to dispute that he said no comment. You got that? This is an actual thing. This is the new spin. The damage control by the American media two years after Afghanistan is this. It was a lip reader who says Joe Biden told the reporters no comment. The reporters will not say what Joe Biden actually said. I wonder why. And then instead of dragging Bo Biden's death up, Joe Biden, to comfort the families, is now telling a different lie. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not on a lake, a big pond and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression, I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. It didn't happen. Lightning struck, started a small kitchen fire that was rapidly extinguished. Joe Biden was not there to watch the firefighters and their response because, as he said, he was in Washington, D.C. on Meet the Press. He lied inside a lie to tell a lie to relate to people just like he did with Bo Biden and refuses to accept that anything is different. This is the FEMA administrator. Can you give us a sense for what the president, how the president believes the response has been so far? Is he happy with all of it? Is there, are there things that he believes should have been done differently or done in a, in a separate manner? Or has this been something that he has been pleased with? I continue to provide the president updates on what the response efforts are, uh, and he always says, what else can we do? And we continue to move more resources in. I think based on the updates and the communication that I have had with the president, uh, he is uh, satisfied with our response, but he will always push us to make sure that we are doing as much as we can. Satisfied with the response. Here's the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. 
Our footprint is uh, extraordinary there. We are there now, and we will be there tomorrow, and we will be there throughout the long-term recovery. I think that is the most important message, and we are following the president's immediate direction to us. As soon as the fires broke out, uh, he directed FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Administration, part of the Department of Homeland Security, to respond uh, in full force immediately and that is indeed what we have done it took him about a week to get situated in maui it was not immediate the president of the united states who uttered no comment on the beach in delaware two weeks ago or a week ago flew out to maui and was there for about an hour where he then promptly went back to his vacation in lake tahoe The rich men north of Richmond flew into Hawaii for an hour to tell a lie, got on a plane, and went back to a rich man's vacation on Lake Tahoe. And the press continues to cover for him. The press continues to let him lie. The press continues to lie for him. It was not a perfect withdrawal from Afghanistan two years ago. Americans died. It is not a perfect response in Hawaii. Americans died. And so the response now is to blame climate change, to say, actually, there's nothing we can do. It was climate change. You could have done a whole lot more. You could have fixed the sirens. You could have used the sirens. You could have diverted the water. You could have given the firefighters the resources they needed. You could have been there sooner. I mean, nonprofit charities from churches beat the federal government to Hawaii, and the federal government doesn't like churches helping with nonprofits because they believe they're exclusionary, and yet it was the churches who showed up and did not ask a single person if they were gay, straight, trans, black, white, male, female, what their gender identity was. They just helped their fellow American, and they did so sooner than the Biden administration. And Joe Biden had no comment. The American press corps has continued to cover for this guy. And then there was this strange little moment where Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz had, had did this weird little bit with the president. Can you hear any of that? Do you want to take a little sip of water? That's what he asked. He had to help Joe Biden find his water and take a sip of water because the man is not in his right mind. He's guarded and protected. You have to have Hawaii senator in the midst of this disaster make sure the president of the United States had some water to sip on when none of them made sure that the people of Maui had water to put out their fires. You should ask yourself why he gets the pass. Yesterday, there was a a reboot for Kamala Harris. It was the 50 billionth reboot. Eugene Daniels, a sympathetic left-wing reporter who focuses on race issues in the White House, uh, walked around with Kamala Harris, got two exclusive interviews, and did this poor, poor Kamala Harris interview. No Republican's ever been treated like this as vice president. When Dan Quayle goes to his grave, the press will mock him again for the spelling of potato. When Dick Cheney goes to his grave, the press will vilify him as an architect of war and disaster, and he shot a man in the face. 
when Mike Pence goes to his grave, they will vilify him for being Donald Trump's vice president and say he just didn't do enough on January 6th. He should have done more. When Kamala Harris goes to her grave, they will give her fawning profiles on Vogue and Vanity Fair, worshipful hagiographic press, and then claim again she was treated so much nastier than everyone else. That's what they say about Joe Biden as well. The American press is corrupt, as corrupt as the Biden administration. I bet they use as many aliases and pseudonyms as Joe and Hunter Biden in trying to trade emails about this administration. They've allowed Joe Biden to go to Hawaii and lie. They cover it up and claim it's climate climate change as opposed to government incompetence. And the private sector Christian charities were on the ground quicker than FEMA, which says Joe Biden, like in Afghanistan, said it's all hunky-dory and they did a wonderful thing. Friends, our president is a dementia-addled old fool and a liar, and corrupt. He has a crackhead son that he's given cover for and allowed to give a pass to instead of making him own up to his own failures, and Joe Biden won't own up to his own failures either. The press allows him to lie to the public and to get away with making boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision, and they don't want to hold him accountable because the press despises our side. They don't want to give our side a fair hearing. They don't even they don't care who it is. You pick the Republican. Remember what they did to John McCain? John McCain was their guy. He was the maverick. The moment John McCain ran against Barack Obama, he became the villain. They don't care. And yet I do want to point out to you. We do continue to pick up wins. We do continue to do that. Around the country, Republicans are still capable of winning. At the national level, Republicans are still capable of winning. Why? Because the truth matters most. And when you have a grandpa dementia out on the campaign trail with a syncophantic press that refuses to cover for him, the truth can still penetrate through because the government is incompetent and it is for everyone to see. A thousand Americans are missing, more than a hundred have died, more children's bodies are still to be recovered, and the President of the United States showed up and told a lie to comfort people and hopped back on a plane to go back to vacation where the rich men north of Virginia like to go. You can't cover that up even as much as you try when you're a member of the press. And it shows, and it is why, doesn't matter which Republican runs, they've got an opportunity to destroy Biden on the campaign trail in the run-up to November. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, 
You want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation in news you will not be surprised about. According to Voice of America, two years after the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan, Uh, The country has devolved into a hotbed of terrorism activity already affecting the whole region. This is from the Voice of America. Some of the more damning assessments have come from a United Nations sanctions monitoring team, which warned in a report in June that the Taliban have not delivered on the counterterrorism provisions in the Doha Accords, the agreement that paved the way for the withdrawal of U.S. forces. Instead... The report, based on U.N. member state intelligence, warned that a range of terrorist groups have greater freedom of maneuver under the Taliban de facto authorities. The various groups are making good use of this. The report added the threat of terrorism is rising in both Afghanistan and the region. Pakistan, of course, say it's not true. Or the the, the Taliban say that. Pakistan says they've reported a surge of terrorism-related deaths on the border region with Afghanistan. The Taliban say, no, it's not true. A whole lot of Americans died in Afghanistan. But did you know in the last several years in Afghanistan, American soldiers weren't getting killed? Afghans were getting killed. We had structured a military in Afghanistan to provide the Afghanis with air support, but let them handle their own country. So we were sending American soldiers and no one wanted our sons and daughters to go to Afghanistan, but they were relatively safe. Until Joe Biden structured a botched withdrawal where 13 got killed by terrorists and suicide bombing. Afghanistan, otherwise, uh, Americans were were coming and going, but we were relatively safe the way we structured it. It was the Afghans who were dying, and we were helping them. We were providing air power. We were providing air cover, and we left. We left so rapidly and in such a bungled way, we left a lot of our helicopters and weaponry behind that now are the Taliban's. They've taken it from us. We armed the Taliban on our way out thanks to Joe Biden's disastrous policies, and now Afghanistan is yet again a hotbed of terrorism. Who could have seen it coming? Every single person, including everyone who worked for Joe Biden, the only one who didn't was Joe Biden. He should be held accountable this coming November, well, next November of the elections. Americans for Prosperity wants to hold him accountable for botching the economy, too. They're doing a bus tour around the nation on Bidenomics and how bad it is and how we need to reignite the American dream. I hope you might consider being a part of it. What you can do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. 
americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You can go sign up, be a part of Americans for Prosperity's bus tour. You can educate your neighbors on how bad Bidenomics is, and you can discover how to reignite the American dream. Americans for Prosperity turns people into great conservative activists, convincing salesmen for freedom around the country. If you want to brush up your skills, learn how to be a great activist, go to americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. Sign up now. Become a part of their bus tour across America, educating Americans on Bidenomics, learn how it's bad, and learn how to approach your neighbors and state legislators and explain how you can fight for freedom at the state level. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to The Sensibles, and at bcs-kids.com. The Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids aged 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be on the program, 877-973-7425. And as always, if you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can get the links to all the interviews at the gathering uh, and so much more. Right now, I want to go to the phones. Jim, you're going to be up first today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um... Hope you. How's your wife doing, by the way? You know, she's great. She had her scans uh, this past Tuesday. No growth in tumors, which is what we're hoping for all the time. And so she's got them, and they're not growing, and that's perfect. Dave, that's great. Amen. Um, I'm not only a pastor, but I've been involved in emergency management for quite a while. I'm a GEMA-certified emergency manager, and it pains me to uh, defend Biden here a little bit, but... Uh, there is something called the National Emergency National Incident Management System, NIMS, and part of that is Incident Command System. All emergencies begin and end at the local level. It starts at the local level. When they realize they can't handle it, they go to the state. When the state can't handle it, then they go to FEMA. The F- FEMA has to be invited in by the governor. So the initial screw-up here was with the local and state agencies. Um, it would take a while for FEMA to get in because they have to be invited. And uh, civilian agencies always respond quicker than government agencies do mm-hmm. because they don't have the bureaucracy. Yeah, look, you're you're not wrong in anything you say. I agree with you. But uh, there is a problem, and that is that uh, by the next day as the fires were raging, the governor did ask for FEMA help. And yeah, I did not know what the timeline was. Yeah, it was it was within 12 hours. Uh, the governor realized how bad the situation was and asked for FEMA. Um, that's that's in the record. Uh, and it okay. did take about a week for FEMA to get there. And here's the problem. I agree with you. 
the federal government response, depending on the situation, and also, let's be honest, you're on an island in the middle of the Pacific. Uh, it takes some time, and we should be charitable in assessing that, except the Biden administration says they responded promptly and were on the ground immediately. That's what they say, and it's not true. Um, and, and that's the problem I have with it. Had they said uh, we received the response within 12 hours, we scrambled FEMA resources, uh, local officials did assessments on the ground to tell us what was necessary, and we came in uh, with all the support we could give them as quickly as we could given the logistics, not a problem. That's fair and honest, and you can't attack them. You might say, well, why does it take the government so long to scramble for something? But that's not the problem here is that they lied. They they said right. they came in immediately. Um, they said they were on the ground. something else that people don't understand. GEMA, Georgia Emergency Management Agency, where I am, and FEMA are coordinating agencies. There's not giant warehouses of stuff waiting right. to be shipped out. And I think a lot of people think that. Well, how come? Where's your stuff? Well, we don't have stuff. We collect. We coordinate stuff. We get other agencies to provide stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, and absolutely. Like you said, it's on an island. It's going to take a while. Yeah, it, it is. And had they just been honest about the situation, like for example, uh, in two thousand five with Katrina, the yes. you know it was the Southern Baptist Mission Board was literally the first relief agency on the ground. They beat everybody. Yes. Uh, the second was the Salvation Army, and the Love third them. was Walmart. Um, so the Southern Baptist, the Salvation Army, and Walmart, the Red Cross came after Walmart. FEMA came in last, and FEMA's excuse was, well, you've got the local entities. They were assessing damage. They were telling us what we needed. We came in, but there was bridge washouts and what, and, and the media still assailed the response. Um, and and I have a native of Louisiana. I knew what was going on there. FEMA got a bad rap. Uh, FEMA did do some things wrong and made things bureaucratic and caused a delay in response due to red tape. Uh, But they were attacked also for the delay, which wasn't fair. As you're saying, it does take time. The problem is that in this case, the Biden administration has lied about the timeline altogether, that uh, they received immediate response. They were on the ground immediately. They took immediate steps. And we know that's not even physically possible. And yet they're trying to do that and say the response is perfect. Uh, and, And that's the problem I have. If anyone listens to me regularly, you know I'm willing to be intellectually honest on these things uh, and not just throw out the red meat and blame them. But when they come in and they lie and they say they were there immediately when they weren't, uh, that's a real problem and they deserve to be held accountable for for the false hope of it. And Jim, look, I appreciate you calling in and and setting the record straight on this because people do need to know there are logistic hurdles for the feds and they are the last agency called. Well, if anybody wants to actually learn about this, it's real easy. Go on FEMA's website. They can take um, ICS 100 and 200 courses online. They're free. Learn how the system works because most of the media doesn't know. And every time this comes up, it drives me nuts listening to people who clearly don't have a clue how the system actually works. Yeah, hey, Jim, uh, you know, I, I want to hold you here for just a second. Let me ask you a question, a completely separate question. Uh, it is yeah. hurricane season. There's one now coming ashore in Texas. Those of us in the southeast, we pay attention to these sorts of things. Uh, now, apparently, California's got to pay to them as well. Are, are you guys in emergency management? Do you all do any sort of, like, like early prep? It's hurricane season. What do we need to do to get ready? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They have a uh, hurricane exercise which uh, involves many of the agencies, including one I'm part of, the uh, State Defense Force, 
hope I don't get up in trouble. Uh, you won't. But, uh, By the way, great, yes. great organization. I love them. Um, but yes, there, there's, there's constant preparation for these things because hurricanes are like women. They're fickle. I mean, <laughs> you may look at them, go one direction, and they, they turn off. I mean, seriously, I've been sitting in, a, in an EOC watching this sucker turn from mm-hmm. the Georgia coast to come right over my head. You know, I just listen that y'all that was Jim. It wasn't me, ladies. It wasn't me. Don't don't send me the hate mail. <laughs> but yes, yeah. That, that so that's you know it, it it's 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 fantastic to have you on here because because um I, I I do expect usually it seems like in in later September October uh, Georgia Florida you have the hurricanes come on right now they're they're hurtling off towards Texas they'll make their way over here eventually. And it's nice to know that the prep is being done uh, right now in advance of that. But again, I, I, and y'all, it's, it's what Jim is saying is, is the God's honest truth. And like you said, you can go to FEMA and see they're the last response of the first responders. Uh, the others figure out what's going on and FEMA helps. And, and the problem in this situation is just the Biden administration has lied the whole time and said they were there immediately, which physically isn't possible. And yet they try to take credit for it. Tell the truth and educate people. How hard yeah. is that? Absolutely. Jim, man, gosh, thank you for calling in. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was Jim, who works in emergency management uh, and is a pastor. And, you know, again, this I was going to talk about something else, and we'll get to it because it's important. But let me just reiterate this. All intellectual honesty and candor. FEMA is considered a first responder organization, but it is the last of the first responders. The way it works is local government is immediately there. They do immediate assessment. They try to do immediate containment, uh, rescue, salvage, whatever. The state government comes in. The state government assesses. And then the state government, if they think there needs to be a disaster declaration, there needs to be federal help, they reach out through the governor to the president say, we need your help. And then FEMA comes in and they assess and send all the information the state and locals do to FEMA. And here's what we've got. Here's the situation. Here's what we need. Here's the help. Please come in, help coordinate, bring the all the agencies together, bring the leverage of the federal government to the local level to help American citizens. And they come in last. And had that happened here, which is what happened here, there aren't a lot of stones you can generally throw. However, the Biden administration wants us to believe a fiction that the bat signal went up and they immediately responded. And that's simply not true. It never is. But to hold them accountable for what they said, that they were there immediately, it's been a blithering disaster. There haven't been resources. There hasn't been help. Uh, The operation has struggled to help people, to find people, to save people, to rescue and recover bodies. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. The locals are very unhappy. It is a local and state issue before it's a federal issue. When the feds come in, the bureaucracy tends to get worse. This was a problem with Katrina. When the federal government came in with FEMA, the bureaucracy and chains of command got longer and more burdensome, and they deserved a lot of blame. They slowed the process down. And since Katrina, every presidential administration has worked to streamline it and make it more efficient. But it is beyond dispute that FEMA is the last of the first responders. 
but the Biden administration chooses to portray them as the first of the first responders and chooses to try to take credit for everything, which is not good, and chooses to take credit for the work of others, which is not good. And now they don't want any blame for their own screw-ups. They don't want any blame for trying to take credit for others. Uh, They want to pass the buck on the blame to everyone else and only take credit. You can't do that. If I can be intellectually honest enough to say FEMA is the last of the first responders to come in on the ground, they should be intellectually honest enough to say they got some things wrong and the bureaucracy was still screwed up and there are still things to fix. But instead, their response is that their response was perfect and President Biden is satisfied. The people of Hawaii are not satisfied. Therefore, the president of the United States, for whom they voted, should not be satisfied. And instead, he's on vacation with no comment. And that should tell you every single thing you need to know about where to point the finger and cast the blame. It really is flabbergasting to me that their spin and response on all of this is that, well, actually, it was a lip reader. A week later, it was a lip reader. No one actually heard Joe Biden say no comment, and the reporters to whom he said it won't come forward and say what he said, which leads me to believe he did say no comment, and the sycophantic suck-up press doesn't want to be honest about it. They're trying to cover for him, too. It's absolutely madness. And this is what we have with a dementia-addled grandpa as president of the United States. I cannot believe that the two best options for president of the United States are two 80-year-olds. We are a failing nation if that's the case. We should be able to do better. And you can say, oh, he's only 78. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets to be president. He'll be 80. Run into the same problems. You know, as an aside, I, 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 I want to say this delicately because I love him. But... um. Mike Pence on Friday at the gathering. He's showing his age a little bit. He spoke a little slower, a little softer, and he moved a little slower. He's a great man. I I, I really like Mike Pence. He and his wife, they're they're friends. They are real legit friends. And it's just kind of I mean, I, I think he'd be up for the job if he were to get elected, but it, it was noticeable. And he's younger than Trump or Biden. I I just think. We have these problems. At some point, you need to go enjoy your retirement. And yet, neither of them want to. They want to be the indispensable men. And I I think at this point, we don't need indispensable men. We need people who aren't suffering from the infirmities of being 80 years old. All right, I got to move on. Before I do, can I just say that uh, some of you, (laughs) y'all are taking advantage of this deal. And I'm glad you are. Swiss America is offering Walking Liberty half-dollar silver coins for $13.50 each. 250 coins per customer max while supplies last. This is such a great way to get into precious metal investing. If you're interested at all in accumulating some silver or gold, Swiss America is who you can uh, use it for. They are the trusted leader in precious metals for 40 years in the United States of America. That's Swiss America. 
With your money tucked away in precious metals, you can insulate yourself and your family from economic turmoil and, and pad and ease the ebbs and flows of the stock market. They make it really easy for you. $13.50, you can start beginning your collection of silver walking Liberty half dollars. To get them, you call 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. You mention me. You can also text them at 800-289-2646. Message day rates may apply. Or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. And while you're there, you can also get their report, The War on Cash. Big report on how governments are trying to force you and businesses collaborating with them to get you out of using cash, which you don't want to do, and take give up control to them. So that's 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, First Liberty can help you and your business grow So if your business, you're buying a building or you're building a building or you're buying a franchise, expanding a franchise, buying out a competitor, buying out a business partner, First Liberty might be able to help you. That's what they specialize in. So if you need $250,000 or more to grow your business in those sorts of ways, reach out to First Liberty anywhere in the nation. They do deals in all 50 states. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend 10 minutes with them. Tell them I sent you. All right. I, I gotta. I love the story way too much. I I shouldn't love a new story as much as I do, but man, do I love the story. Ford's CEO is named Jim Farley, and he decided to drive an electric F one fifty Lightning around California. And guess what? He spent 40 minutes charging the vehicle and was only able to get up to a 40% charge, which would only give him 90 to 130 miles of range until he'd be calling a tow truck. He says it's a reality check. That's right. On his educational road trip, Farley drove the lightning from Silicon Valley to Las Vegas. Along the way, he stopped to charge the vehicle at a Tesla supercharger near Colinga, California, right off Interstate 5. While Tesla has agreed to open its supercharging stations to Ford Electric Vehicles, that won't happen till next year. So Farley charged at a level 2 charger, which is a step down from the supercharger, and 40 minutes of charge would give him less than two hours of driving. That's a really good reality check about the challenges of what our customers go through. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, Good for him for recognizing it. Good for him for acknowledging the problems, but come on, people. The government forcing us to do these sorts of things is absurd. They want to force all of us into it. Do you know, Joni Ernst, when she was at the gathering on Saturday, you know what her job was in Iraq? She was in the Army in Iraq, and her job was uh, logistics. She was in charge of a crew that drove trucks uh, and supply chain logistics and she's very concerned that Biden wants our mil- non-fighting military vehicles, so Jeeps, trucks, things like that, to go all electric. She's like, can you imagine in Iraq trying to pull up and ask for a charging station for our all-electric vehicles? It's absurd. This is what they want. This is what they're pushing for. And they're trying to force all of us to do these sorts of things. At least the CEO of, of Ford recognizes there's a problem, recognizes the logistical issues, like recognizes the operational issues in doing so. Yet they're still 
diving headlong into this. And and the media, of course, is celebrating every every little growth, every little bit of growth is some sort of positive, and it's not necessarily so. I'm not opposed to electric vehicles, and if you want one, go buy one. God bless you. Good luck. Enjoy. But as a practical matter, it's not practical for a lot of people. You know, Kelly Leffler, the former senator from Georgia, was on stage with me at the gathering. She pointed out that her brother is a farmer in Iowa, and his tractor is one and a half times the cost of his house. And it's a diesel tractor. Now imagine the cost when the federal government makes the farmers go electric. And the cost that's going to happen when they can't plow their field without having to go back and charge again, and it takes longer to plow the fields. All of these things are easily foreseeable, and yet the government under this administration pretends that none of these things are problems. They they hand wave it all away as fear and hysteria when it's all legitimate, all real concerns. And even the CEO of Ford driving his electric F-150 is seeing and acknowledging the problematic reality of forcing everyone into electric vehicles right now. It took him 40 minutes to charge there are only a limited number of chargers. Now multiply the number of people having to stop for the charges, and suddenly Americans can't go anywhere because all the charging stations are taken. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.